This is Michael J. Fox. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Learn more about the Michael J. Fox Foundation's work and how you can help speed a cure at michaeljfox.org. This is Dave Iverson. Neurological disorders are now the leading cause of disability in the world, and that's because diseases like Alzheimer's and Parkinson's are on the rise. The primary reason for that is straightforward, our ever-aging population. So as many people know, we have many more older individuals today in the world than we've had in the past, and many more of those individuals uh, as they age are increasing risk for neurologic disorders, whether they're stroke or Alzheimer's disease or Parkinson's disease. Dr. Ray Dorsey is professor of neurology and the director of the Center for Health and Technology at the University of Rochester Medical Center. Dorsey, along with Dutch neurologist Dr. Bas Blom, recently co-authored a paper in the journal Neurology about the explosive growth in Parkinson's disease, which, for reasons that are unclear, is increasing at an even faster rate than Alzheimer's. Dorsey and Blom write that the global Parkinson's population doubled in the past 25 years and will double again by the year 2040, growing from over 6 million people worldwide to nearly 13 million. I think it means that we're in the midst of a pandemic. If Parkinson's disease were considered an infectious condition, we'd be talking about it as as a pandemic. From 1990 to 2015, the number of people with Parkinson's disease in the world has increased by more than double. From 2015 to 2040, the number of people with Parkinson's disease will double again. If you're having an exponential rise in a condition throughout the world, that's called a pandemic. And we haven't addressed it as such. And if we're going to address that rapid rise, Dorsey believes a useful model to consider is what happened in the United States during the rise of the AIDS epidemic in the 1980s. So when HIV was first identified, as you and others recall, many doctors refused to care for the patients. Numerous hospitals refused to admit the patients. Federal government refused to fund research. No one was investigating new therapies for it. And then 15 years later, you had the development of protease inhibitors, which took a unknown, uniformly fatal condition, HIV, AIDS, and made it a lifelong chronic condition associated with near normal life expectancy, has decreased the number of people affected by the disease, and decreased mortality associated with the disease. In short, it represents probably the greatest medical advance in the last 25 years. And Dorsey argues that the reason that stunningly fast turnaround took place had less to do with scientific advancement than it did community activism. What led that advance wasn't great infectious disease doctors, and it wasn't great science, although those were all important. It was the community that drove uh, change. And the HIV community took it upon themselves to do four things. One is to get serious about uh, preventing the disease. Second was to ensure access to care for all people affected by HIV. Third was to increase funding for research. And fourth was to ensure that new treatments developed were affordable and accessible for all. And it's that model of community activism that Dorsey believes should guide the Parkinson's community as it faces its own crisis in care. The motto of the HIV community was silence equals death. And for Parkinson's silence, which might be part of the disease in some ways, is equaled suffering and needless suffering and too much suffering. The fact that, you know, today that over 40% of Americans with Parkinson's don't see neurologists 
and those that don't have are associated with worst health outcomes is unacceptable. The fact that 40% of countries in the world lack access to levodopa is unacceptable. We wouldn't say that 40% of the countries in the world should lack access to expensive antiretroviral therapies, but somehow we find it acceptable that 40% of the countries lack access to levodopa, which you and many people know can, you know, take people who can't walk and make them walk. I mean, there's just in a profound, there's too much acceptance of the status quo and people like you and others should be holding people like me far more accountable and others far more accountable for generating a change uh, to address this pandemic. That effort starts, Dorsey believes, with prevention and something as basic as promoting exercise. There's huge amounts of evidence now that exercise is beneficial for people that have Parkinson's disease. There's increasing evidence that individuals who, for example, pursue vigorous exercise in their 30s and 40s are at lower risk of developing Parkinson's disease. So we have lots of evidence from uh, multiple sources about the benefits of it. It's crazy to me that we don't have a major public health campaign around exercise to prevent Parkinson's disease, to help prevent potentially Alzheimer's disease, and obviously, you know, prevent uh, cardiovascular disease. Another prevention strategy Dorsey advocates is greatly reducing our exposure to pesticides long associated with Parkinson's. We know that pesticides are associated with Parkinson's disease. So one example is is something called Paraquat, which Mm -hmm. is used as an alternative for Roundup, which is, I think, the most commonly used pesticide, at least in the U.S. So Paraquat, a sip of it can kill you. Uh, The EPA has reported that. The pesticide has been banned by numerous countries, including, for example, England. But England still exports Paraquat to other countries around the world, including the United States. So here it is. We have a pesticide that's been known uh, to be associated with a Parkinson's disease that generates in animals the signs of a Parkinson's disease or Parkinsonism, yet it's still available in many countries of the world. We still allow countries that ban it to export it to countries that don't ban it, including our own. Yet another lesson from the AIDS experience we can draw upon is to focus on increasing access to affordable care. We should be bringing more of these services, whether it's care from a neurologist, care from a physical therapist, dietitian, uh, directly to the home. We should be enabling people to have more visiting nurses, visiting home health aides. 88% of older Americans desire to live at home for as long as possible, but one quarter of Americans over 65 with Parkinson's disease live in nursing homes. So the way we deliver and design care couldn't be done worse. And really the only way that changes is when people, uh, taxpayers, demand change from that program. The other thing that the community uh, can do is is making sure that these drugs are affordable and accessible for all. So the HIV community recognized early on that they didn't want their drugs and new treatments to be available only for the wealthy, probably in large part because a lot of people with HIV didn't have wealth, but they made sure that those drugs uh, and interventions were available to all people. And perhaps the most important parallel the AIDS experience offers to the Parkinson's community is greater advocacy for research funding. If you look at the progress in HIV over the last 25 years, you look at the progress in Parkinson's disease, you know that pales. The most effective drug for Parkinson's disease is levodopa, and that's 50 years old. The voice from the HIV community was heard, uh, regardless of whether people wanted to listen or not listen, it was heard. And with few notable exceptions, there aren't loud voices in the Parkinson's disease community. 
And if we don't have loud voices, not only are people today going to continue to suffer and sometimes suffer needlessly, but millions of people are going to develop the disease, some of whom probably don't need to develop the disease. And this is one of the great social challenges of our time is aging, and one of the great health challenges of our time is going to be dealing with diseases like Parkinson's disease and Alzheimer's disease. And the question now is, now that we know what the future holds or have a pretty good idea about it, what are we going to do about it? That was Dr. Ray Dorsey, professor of neurology and director of the Center for Health and Technology at the University of Rochester Medical Center. He'll join us along with Dutch neurologist Dr. Bas Blom on our next Third Thursday webinar when we take up the topic of the global rise in Parkinson's disease. To register, visit michaeljfox.org. I'm Dave Iverson. This is Michael J. Fox. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Learn more about the Michael J. Fox Foundation's work and how you can help speed a cure at michaeljfox.org.